Nope, it's not Ashton Kutcher. It's Christian Mund here, filling in for Commissioner Tim Killian for the most important podcast, fantasy football-wise, that you all listen to, the Syracuse 2020-2021 Commission's Corner podcast. Tim decided that family was more important than this tonight. An absurd move as the commissioner of the most important league in the land in what was probably the most ridiculous and and talked about playoff round in recent memory. Playoff round two, NFL week 15. We'll get into next week's matchup and the championship mashup, mashups uh, later on in the podcast. But we will need to talk about this past week and the craziness that ensued throughout the entire week. Before we dive into that, today's sponsor, the Quiet Man Irish, traditional Irish whiskey. It's a superior oak cast matured blend. It is, uh, on the cover it says it is a mellow and smooth style. It was blended and bottled in dairy, which I'm assuming is not only in New Hampshire, but is also over in Ireland. Uh... It's pretty good. It's pretty good. There is one of those fake-ass approval signatures on there that every every whiskey and, and bourbon blend decides to put its its uh, stamp on. But uh, overall, I'd give it a solid 7.7. It's pretty tasty. And that's what we'll be drinking throughout the night. So as this recording goes on, the burps might come out. The slurs might come out. It's the holiday season. It's time to bulk up. It's cookie season, it's food season, it's drinking season. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Diwali, whenever that was. We're going to dive into the matchups right away because this was an incredible weekend of football. And right off the top, we do have one of the victors of this week, Captain Nick Picard. I'm doing well. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, yeah. Kind so you're, of a bonkers weekend, don't you think? No. Absolute bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. And and as someone... So the folks know, I know this wasn't talked about a lot uh, in the previous recording, but myself, I was in the loser's bracket, along with Commissioner Tim. We played each other this past week, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. However, we did have Nick in the winner's consolation ladder going up against Jesse. Nick came out of the five seed at seven and six. Jesse came out of the three seed at nine and four. And Nick, thinking about this, this was more, one of the more afterthought matchups uh, going into last week. But how you feeling about the the beatdown of a? 134.3 performance versus Jesse's 104. Absolute slaughtering in what I know it comes out to just being the third place third place winner, but how do you feel after last week? I'm honestly pretty pissed off. I did not do a very good job starting uh, people in my game against JJ. And uh, if I had actually played the Miami defense instead of getting cute, throwing the Panthers in there and playing Kareem Hunt, 
that would have been uh, my 134 taking on Kyle. And um, that would mean that I would have beaten Kyle. And then I would have potentially been in the finals. So piss poor management by me, you know, that's sort of the, that was the, the theme of my season was just very poor management across the board. So feels, uh, feels right. Um, I'm at least finishing in the top half again. I feel good about that. Um, yeah, no, it just sucks. Uh, for whatever reason, David Montgomery is good now. That That's also very 2020. Um, it seems like that, that, that run that he had for like 76 yards two weeks ago just kind of sparked him into this 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 terrifying running back. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't trust him. I kind of hate him. He's been frustrating all year. And so I'm, I'm kind of mad that he's now doing well when it means absolutely nothing. So, you know. And you, and you did get an, an absolutely awesome outing from Calvin Ridley, who typically in the past Matt Ryan is not able to perform when he doesn't have – Julio Jones in the field, but Calvin was able to step up big with 27.3 fantasy points this past week. Uh, I think this in week uh, week six or sorry in in week 15 he was able to haul in 10 catches for 163 163 yards and a tutty, which is just an absolute. I mean, what more could you ask for out of a wide receiver? Unbelievable game. Oh, dude, he's. I I feel like he's the real deal. I feel like even I feel like he's figuring out. He had to play a lot of those games early in the season without Julio or Julio at 100. percent So I feel like I feel like he'll never be a Julio, but I feel like he's going to be like a solid, like A minus level receiver for the rest of his career as long as he has a half decent quarterback. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Matt Ryan down there. Um, if they want to keep him or not, I don't know. They can, Definitely kind of sucks to be a Falcons fan right now. Kind of like being a Pats fan right now. I'm not really sure what you're going to do with your quarterback. I, uh, but Cam, the rest of the team seems fine. Cam does not deserve to be... I mean, early on in the season, it was like 31 other other uh, teams passed on Cam Newton, and, and look what happened when he had two great games, and then it was just terrible after that. So I I think uh, what's his name? Uh, Cam Newton. No 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 Ridley. Uh, uh, for Calvin some reason, yeah. for some reason, anytime I think of of Calvin Ridley, my brain automatically goes to Riley Ridley. His his brother, but he played at Georgia and and he was like when Georgia was good a couple of years ago but riley ridley's like on the the bears practice squad and anytime i see calvin ridley i'm like ah oh, his brother's riley ridley he's gonna be something but no it's calvin ridley who's the better of the bunch uh yeah. so just looking at your team overall you did have to rely on a couple of players to really carry you through because we had kareem hunt who didn't meet expectations only had 4.3 fantasy points in a drubbing of the Giants on uh, on Monday night. And then you have Jared Cook underperformed. Panthers defense did okay. Uh, Tyler Lockett did yeah, nothing I for the Seahawks. I forgot that I have the Panthers defense in there. I meant to put the Dolphins in. Um, but whatever. I guess it didn't really matter. Dolphins came uh, out Tyler Lockett's been the, maybe the biggest disappointment of my season. If it wasn't for the fact that Kenny Galladay has legitimately played like for four weeks and then either from what Kyle says gave up or maybe he's just truly soft and he'll never be good again. I'd like to think the latter just because I hate him and I don't want good things for him. If he was just holding out this year 
Kenny Galladay? Yes. Uh, you don't you, you then, hate yeah. Kenny Dall- Galladay? That's a that's a, a strange hatred to hold. Correct. I mean, like I wouldn't hate him if he was playing on somebody else's team, but he partially ruined my season. Uh, one of the many trade offers Kyle threw out this year involved uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and uh, potentially trading him for one of my quarterbacks and Kenny Galladay, and then we ended up not doing that, and I it's one of my bigger regrets. So. What could have been? You yeah. could be taking on Kyle. Uh, you mentioned one of your quarterbacks because you have had so many quarterbacks. I think you went in with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. Uh, how are you feeling overall about uh, carrying that many that many quarterbacks? And, and do you feel like there could have been some moves made where maybe you could have gotten over the hump with, with a trade to get rid of one of those quarterbacks? There could have been moves made. I tried to. I tried to trade some, but some people. I have a reputation, rightfully so, of just being a shitty trader, and so people don't trust me. I'm damaged goods. It's like trying to do business with uh, China right now. Um, <laughs> doesn't even matter if it's a good deal or not a good deal. It's going to be polarizing one way or the other. Um, and then when Dak got hurt, I played matchups the rest of the season, and I was glad that I had the other two because um, Russell has just been shitty the back end of the season. I think he's had one good game in there against the Jets. Um, but other than that, so I was glad that I have at least two quarterbacks on there. So I don't hate the strategy. I wish I got rid of Dak earlier. Uh, my team was terrible and overperformed and got me to where it was. So yeah. can't really complain. Joe Mixon got hurt. Kill got hurt. If everything had stayed healthy, maybe it would have been different. But no. Now you had compared yourself to the country of China. Are you comparing yourself to the leader of China the coronavirus, or just the socialism of China in itself? A little bit of all three. It was, mm-hmm. it was a rough year. It was, yeah. it was, it was not very good. I think uh, I'm like the coronavirus where nobody wants to sort of deal with me. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really would like to exchange anything with me. Um, I, I feel like the coronavirus has a lot to offer, you know, free days off of work, uh, potential like medical benefits, uh, and some antibodies, you know, you, you catch it sooner then you can just go out to a bar and drink later um but that really wasn't all that appetizing for people this year what what medical benefits is covid providing i don't know like it works out your immune system (laughs) what what doesn't make you what doesn't kill you makes you stronger you know i like it i like it um so continuing on with the matchup you Rightfully played Kyler Murray over who was at one point the the runaway favorite for the MVP and Russell Wilson. Uh, however, you did bench apparently now Pro Bowler Evan Ingram. Um, is that something? Is is he a tight end that you'll p- potentially be looking into in the future? Or I know that that the tight end position has continued to curse Tim. That was one of his initial initial guys. What are your thoughts on Evan Ingram moving forward? Will you be looking to draft him next year? Oh, hell no. I, I usually use as a baseline uh, strategy to never draft Giants players. They're terrible. Um, the only reason why I wanted him at all is because <laughs> my other tight ends were even worse. So, yep. yeah, um, tight ends suck. It shouldn't be a position. They're basically fat wide receivers, and they should be uh, positioned as such. Um, Fair. I'm not. I'm not a fan. There. I've got a lot to say. Oh, and and with that, you hear another voice. 
we're welcoming in two new guests. I, I started off with the uh, the hashtag Stop the Steel Beat Kyle 2020 and a team has no name game uh, because that was one of the the lesser matchups or not lesser but but it was the most insignificant most insignificant as it is the con- the consolation ladder in the winners bracket but we do welcome on Mike Rue and Mason Leisure together for the first time to talk about this. We had the fantasy football team in Mason Leisure rolling it at 9-4 and four and the number two seed overall versus Mike Rue, the sixth seed at 6-7, six and seven, sneaking into the playoffs in what was one of the more electric matchups going into a Monday night game. Mike had mentioned that he has a lot to say. Let's start, Mike. What do you got? Well, first off, I'd like to start off by saying that Kyle should have got his wish from the first place and had a reseeding because that would have been the ultimate payback of the century. That would be. It would have been. And I, 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 I totally agree. I wish it I wish it had happened because I feel like I'm going to hear about it and all of us are going to hear about it for the, the next eight months. He would have got what he wanted. I mean, if we look back, reseeding would have really changed the outcomes of a lot of our playoffs. Like We would have had a number of different champions. Definitely, yeah. I, I recall one of those matchups, and I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm also very glad. I, I, uh, I, I got a new dog, and she's been waking up at, like, 5 o'clock, so I chose to, uh, once I saw the Steelers' first, like, seven drives where they didn't get a first down, I was like, this isn't worth uh, watching anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that I lost... And congrats, Mason, but uh, I'm glad that I didn't watch a slow death from the from the entire game. Uh, I, I appreciate that, and honestly, it was one of the most stressful nights of my life. Uh, <laughs> I was going to have a heart attack for about an hour and a half straight, especially because all of the Steelers wide receivers have essentially the same number and look <laughs> the exact same. It's terrifying. So every time they threw the ball... If I didn't see Chase Claypool's like dreadlocks, I thought it was going Deontay Johnson, and I was pooping my pants every single time. Also, if you told me at the beginning of the game that Eric Ebron gets zero, your 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 chances of winning, as long as Eric Ebron gets one point, you win. I'd be like, all right, I like my odds. I don't think he got zero the entire season. He picked up zero points. So did he? Did he return after he got hurt? No. He did not. He got carted off holding his lower back. Like a yeah, I saw that part, and then I was just like, screw this. Uh, and then at the very end of the game, when they were starting to throw the ball around, and uh, the path that got you within, I think, like point two or .3 or something, before the defense got like an extra point or something because they, they gave up an extra point, yeah. uh, Deontay Johnson actually limped off the field after that catch. <laughs> and I also had a small heart attack and almost pooped myself thinking, oh my god, he's actually out too. <laughs> what witchcraft did Kyle bestow upon me? Why is this happening? So, also, the last, this, this is the, I think that was the lowest that the Steelers D scored all season against the freaking Cincinnati Bengals with their third string quarterback in. Uh-huh. Which is which is mostly uh, Ben Roethlisberger's fault because I think, at least when I was watching the first half, he gave up uh, two turnovers in the red in their red zone. Yeah, and and before I get into any more questions, just to give the people a sense of how close this matchup was, Mason, 
was the champion of this matchup to go on to the, the, the actual championship game. Mason came in with a total of 130.56 points. Mike Rue, on the flip side, came in at 129.32 points. So quick math, money, quick math, Keyshawn. Uh, we're looking at 1.2 points, which, I mean, that's Eric Ebron right there. As soon as he went down, that 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 should have been it. And then Johnson was able to catch that touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone, keep Mike in a little bit. Steelers D was still playing a little bit a little bit better in the second half. There was always that little wrinkle of hope for Mike and that wrinkle of shit myself for Mason. Uh, that was a blowout in terms of the winners brackets uh, scores, though. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I was- I would be as disappointing as my outcome was. I think John got robbed by the. I don't know if you guys watched Travis Kelsey's catch, but I'm pretty sure they marked it like two or three yards short of where he actually was. I don't know if, if you guys are watching it as we, well, but we haven't I gotten. I actually a... heard John is in the process of filing an official stat change with the NFL today. <laughs> He's actually calling calling them up and asking them to review that spot. It was a horrible spot, and it didn't really matter that he got the first down, so they put it like one yard past the first down marker, but I'm pretty sure it was like two or three, maybe more. Has anybody actually heard from him? Is he uh, How's he doing? Uh, he sent a Snapchat out uh, saying that he doesn't care about life anymore, so yeah. I think that, I think he's doing fine. We, for, the, for the people, we haven't gotten to that matchup yet. However, there was an even tighter matchup than what the 1.2 mark or the 1.2 points between Mike and Mason was in the other side of the winners bracket in Kyle and Jordan. We're hoping Jordan's going to dial in uh, later on today to address the game itself, to address Greg Killian's text of calling him Jard out, uh, because I think the people need to hear that's, from. That's pretty weak. People need to hear from from John Jard out and. Uh, that is a quality joke. I don't, uh, Michael. That's what why you're not in the finals and and I am. You don't appreciate good humor. I guess. I guess it sounds like he's a a 55 year old dad that's just trying to be cool with the kids. Well, <laughs> well, Mason, we've we've heard some of Mike's thoughts. How are you feeling now that it's over? Stat corrections probably aren't going to come out. We can assume that you're the winner here. This is a, a Biden versus Trump uh, runoff here. Are you feeling you're feeling comfortable? You're feeling good. What are your thoughts on the next game? Uh, I said it last week that I didn't care about when it came to like the receiving of everything. That I didn't care who I played. That I'm already looking past it because I gave up on trying to be the nice guy and not jinx myself. Turns out it didn't really matter. So. I'm going to stick with that, and we want blood. We want Kyle. Kyle is done. Christian McCaffrey is coming back, going to score 30. I'm going to put 230 points on him, and I'm going I'm to beat him by 240 points and still get the points towards too, the total points for the season. Are you guaranteeing a win? I'm guaranteeing a win. Uh, my squad will guarantee this win. Uh, and, and they're and dropping I, players. So, do you, Mason, do you have more? Do you have more budget money than Kyle does? Oh, don't you worry. I got more budget money than Kyle does. I was, I was thinking too that if if uh, if there was something like Pollard, if if I don't I don't know if Zeke is coming back or not, but 
I have like $21 left. <laughs> and just it's kind of someone I could just pick up. Oh, and here is the man himself that we wanted to hear about. We'll, we'll head back to the, the Mike Rue and Mason Leisure matchup later on, but we need to jump into the name-redacted fan club versus three rings, Kyle Rogers, 9-4 and four from the first-place spot versus John Jarden from the, uh, the fourth-place spot at 8-5. and five. Probably one of the closest matchups in the playoffs that we will ever have. We do have... John jarred out on the phone here. John, just give us just give us a sense that you're alive. Sorry, give me the what with the who? Just just tell us you're alive. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm alive. You know, doing great. You know, looking forward to next year. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick a little bit of a a, a knife in in. John's side here, uh, going over the totals. Oh, Good. Uh, Kyle and the Three Rings team uh, is the victor in this matchup with 115.22 points. John, on the other side, finished with 115.12 points. <laughs> Losing the matchup by, by, by .1 point. In what is just a a devastating, heartbreaking loss. Yeah. Do you think my first question for you, John? Do you think if you had a different team name, this would have turned out better for you? No, had nothing to do with that. This is on me. I gave up before the. Uh... The game was really even being played after the Thursday night game, which I always hate having a running back in a Thursday night game that never seemed to perform very well. So I didn't love having Eckler go in there, especially because he was listed, listed as questionable heading into Wednesday. Uh, and he walks away with single digits. And then Zeke's uh, outlook at that time didn't look that great. And if you looked at Kyle's matchups, uh, he had tasty matchups as he would describe across the board. So I um, kind of threw in the towel. I saw Hollywood Brown was uh, on that COVID list, and I read somewhere that it was doubtful that he could play. So I threw Robbie Anderson in, which um, fucking Kyle, like, earlier in the week was like, oh, Robbie Anderson's better than Marquise Brown, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, got to play the matchups. This is back when I thought I had, like, had a prayer. And then, um, so I throw Robbie Anderson in there. He's like, oh, well, now you're projected to win, you know, or projected for more points, uh, whatever. And what the, the fucking kicker is, prior to this week, in last week's matchup, I purposely picked up Hollywood Round and C.D. Lamb to play over Robbie Anderson. It's like, I'm not playing Robbie Anderson next week. And then I was just like, I don't even know what the fuck I did. And uh, now, now we're here. You know, I'll be, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like this is one we'll remember forever. Um, it's just it's too bad I'm on the short end of it, which seems to be the running trend, I think, with fantasy football and me. Well, Didn't well, Lamb get a garbage time kick return touchdown as well? He did. Sorry? Did C. Lamb get a garbage time kick return touchdown? Yeah, I, I mean, he had 17 points, like, 
really my eyes were glued to the Kansas City game uh, and the and the, and the Rams game. I went over to my father's house Sunday to watch the Rams game. So, um, you know, it was, it was a bit of a parody that the Rams really did their best to keep me in the game with Kyle. And I lost. And the Rams also lost to the winless Jets. Uh, congrats on that, Mason. And if you look at the, the, the loser, uh, the, the Haven Bowl, the, the Jalen Hurts um, sticks it to, to John. So it was not a great weekend for to be a John. Well, yeah, and, and, and John, before you pivot to the the Haven Bowl, um, you had mentioned, you said, you know, what the what the fucking kicker is about Robbie Anderson, but when you said what the kicker is, um, I went to the kickers. Yeah, yeah, I know, and he missed. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Jason yeah. Sanders did miss his field goal from fifty plus yards. Young Ho Kook continued his absolute tear. Put up 11 fantasy points versus Jason Sanders, one fantasy point against the Pats. Uh, it's yeah. just uh, as, as brutal of a loss as you can get, really. John, does, yeah, does, I mean, does it feel it, worse, John? Like, I think Kyle's team is constructed very well, and I do think he really underperformed this week given the matchups that he had. Um, so this was this was the week to really take him down for me, at least. I think. You know, uh, Mason's team is, is built to boom a little bit more than mine was. So, uh, good luck to you, Mace. But yeah, the, the stars kind of align just enough to give me a little hope, and then um, it it crashed before my eyes, and I spent ten minutes lying on the living room floor with my face pointed downwards in my dad's condo. Um, you know, it was it was it was pretty bad. So, are bad you officially uh, endorsing my team as your candidate to win the championship? I I'm I'm not. It has nothing against you or your team, but I think I like six weeks ago said Kyle's not losing. You know, he's he's gonna win out. Um, so I, I'm gonna stick with my guns on that one. Um, I, I just feel like Adams doesn't have two down games. Um, who does Green Bay have this upcoming week? I think they have another good matchup. They're no, playing uh, Tennessee. Okay, yeah. Um, I just remember looking at everyone's schedules, weeks, you know, uh, 14, 15, 16, and thinking, like, oh, we're in trouble, like, because Kyle has it. You know, has it? Um, he did a really good job, I guess, putting together his team so that they have some favorable matchups. But so I'm gonna stick with Kyle, and I have nothing really against Kyle. I, I kind of I've been saying this on the, the the chat that I just wanted to embrace like the villain role and um, really lean into that and stop this whole like you know, oh my team stinks role. Um, it's it's tiresome. And it was really bad this week because he kept think, giving me, making me feel like I had a chance, and then all of a sudden I had a chance, and then it was taken away before I knew it. I think that's part of the villain role. 
Yeah, Kyle's moved from just petty sort of jokes in the chat to straight up like emotionally crippling you. And so I feel like that's that's they teach you a clear thing as a director is um, how to mind fuck the competition. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Fantasy football. Um, John, does it make you feel worse that literally any other wide receiver you could have put in that slot would have won you the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I picked up those two guys. Pretty sure it was like the week before with anticipation of like, I'm going to play one of these guys over Robbie Anderson. And I had Brown in my lineup, and then he was, at one point, I believe, marked as doubtful. And um, for some reason, I didn't go to CD Lamb. I just went to Robbie Anderson. And, I mean, realistically, he needed, what, four points or five, whatever he had. I mean, I think he, like, only had, like, three or four points. It was three points. He needed 3.2 points. It was three points that he had. Yeah, so realistically... He didn't really need that much more. He could have had a shitty game and still could have made this work. But, you know, here we are. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, one thing I didn't really like was the whole, like, oh, the stock correction two or three weeks. Maybe had it. I don't know, man. I just, fantasy football, dumb. Well, that was, that was my next question for you, Jarden, was stat corrections are supposed to come out tomorrow. We did see a bad spot in that Travis Kelsey first down at the end of the game. Are you holding out any hope for a, a stat correction for an additional no, half yard yard? No, would you no, accept no. a stat correction? Oh, absolutely. Like, duh. Actually, it'd be interesting. What would happen? Just Let's just play this out here. Let's say they give Travis Kelsey another yard. So now me and Kyler tied. I would imagine there is some sort of tie break, which, like, if it's head-to-head wins, he would get it over me. But, like, realistically, there shouldn't be a tie in a semifinal game. I almost believe feel it's like it should points. be like a three-way if, game yes. or something like that. If it is a straight-up tie, it goes to the bench points in which Kyle will still win. So I guess this furthers my question of would you want that stat correction because you're going to get double-knifed if you get the stat correction to tie and then murdered again by Kyle's bench point? No, there's not going to be a stack right I'm not going to worry about that. That's just, that's just silly. I mean, well, I, like, I don't even, like, I'm just, like, my blood's boiling thinking about that. I don't, I hope they take yardage away from a few of my guys, realistically, because I would not be able to handle that. Um, so, I have one final, final question on my side. Uh... Do you blame me at all for trading you Robbie Anderson earlier in the year? <laughs> and no. was a long con to get to this point in the game. You know, it's interesting you say that. Um, but I, I gave you uh, Marlon Mack, I think, for that. So over the course of the year, I mean, I played Robbie Anderson most of the week, and he's been a, like a pretty good flex play for me in some cases. Um, he's over 1,000 so, years, I think. Sorry? He's over a thousand yards receiving, I believe. Yeah, once Robbie was. Yeah, no, was... I mean when AJ Brown was out, um, like I had him in as a wide receiver, and then I put him in the flex when Brown came back. Um, he he was a productive receiver for me, and I mean I did win that trade, but it is funny that he's the one that uh, that ultimately. Uh, did you happen to trade um, like Eric Ebron to Mike at any point too? 
Uh, not that I know of. I don't think I ever actually had it. I may have had Eric Ebron. No, that was just my shitty pickup off the waiver wire. Okay. Hey, what happened with that game? I didn't even see any of it. Did he just not play, or what was the deal? He got hurt. I don't know. I only watched the first half. He got hurt in the first half. You guys kept talking about that damn game, and I would, like, open up my, uh, my app, and the, the freaking matchup with me and Kyle was just, like, staring me right in the face. And I, I couldn't get past that. I can't wait until I get to open up again. And there's like the 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 official like oh you lost the three rings screen. Uh huh. I like Gronk's like my phone when I see that. So yes, John, I think that that's part of my next question and probably one of my last questions is who are you pulling for now? I think you alluded to this earlier in in sort of rooting for Mason versus versus Kyle, but. Are you? Do you want to have the the team that you lost to go on to win the championship, or are you fully I mean, on team? Always, I guess it's always like a train of thought that you'd rather lose to the eventual champion. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like I lost to a better team, so it's I can I'm, I'm not upset that Kyle beat me. It was just in the fashion of how things went down is is why I'm, um, you know, I'm a little depressed. So I'm not upset with Kyle, and I, I, like I said, I called his victory, his eventual victory, months ago. Um, I mean, Mason has, for the most part, I thought, done a, you know, a phenomenal job with managing his team. So I think it would be nice for him to get rewarded with a championship. Uh, Mason, you have one or or two uh, rings. I have one ring back in like twenty, like fourteen or fifteen type, or fifteen. Okay, so it's been a bit of a drought for you. Um, and I, 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 I mean, I, I, like I said, I appreciate when Kyle is a villain, so to name his team three rings without, that, you know, it's like Jason Terry getting that uh, championship tattoo uh, before he actually won an NBA championship. It's kind, of, kind of similar. So kind of. A, Dick move, but I, I, I love it coming from Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't love the fact that he'd be like, I'm the only one in three championships. Um, so my heart's with Mason, um, but I guess my head is still with Kyle. So that, that's about where I'm at right now. What about C-Mac, man? Come on, you know, considering that Christian McCaffrey may actually eventually somewhat come back next week. Yeah, he, but honestly, like he he comes back, right? You don't know what they're gonna do if they're gonna lean on him for every carry or not. Whereas if he's out, you well, know exactly yeah. what so, you're gonna do. You're not as good. Jordan, before you joined, we were talking about the Mason versus Kyle matchup, and Mason brought up C Mac coming back, and that was a question I wanted to ask: is how confident Mason is in starting C Mac when? There's nothing for the Panthers to play for. They are potentially in a top five spot to get get a uh, a, a lottery pick essentially for the the NFL. I mean, what's the what's the purpose of playing C-Mac? Yeah, I mean, I it, it creates question marks. He's obviously the best player on that team, and arguably, when healthy, the best player in, in the NFL. But I don't know. I mean, him playing creates a little more question marks. You have to play him. I don't know if you plan on handcuffing the two of them, in which case kind of takes away. I don't know. I 
realistically, guys, I haven't looked at anyone's team, in, you know, in a week because, like, fuck it. But um, we can't yeah, swear on this podcast, yeah, John. What's that? We can't swear on this podcast. Oh, sorry. I think I've already done that. I'm kidding. I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's funny because I I sent you guys that clip of the league with um, you know, Kevin flipping out after he basically had a similar similar um, outcome to me to get into a championship, and it's like Kyle definitely rocks him, and then I feel like Tim Killian is Andre there when he's like, oh, you're just gonna be so relaxed next week it's not it's, it's actually a good thing um so it's like uh, fantasy football is over for me we're on to the next one we'll see you guys in 2021 so, i do like that comparison as tim as andre john it's pretty yes 100 percent. absolutely yeah it is pretty incredible that all three of the games that mattered this week came down to like the final whoever was playing at the end what didn't john only oh. John, only John lost, lost by, like, like, a point, like two, points two points or a points point and a half. Like that. So, yeah. so him yet? with that, unfortunately, we cannot get John Redmond on the phone tonight. Um, but with that, we can talk about the last place matchup versus uh, Redmond and Murph. We had the 3-10, and ten, the Crow is coming. Uh, 10th place team in John Redmond versus the great mass debaters, Brendan Murphy at 4-9 and nine out of the 8th seed. Murph... It's a funny name. Is it? I don't understand it. It's, uh, I, I think it's, kind of, it's funny. I, I don't know if it has anything to do with uh, football as much as it does with like a dick joke. I get it, I get but, it. Mass debaters, I get it, but... I mentioned this the oh, last man. time I had to Everyone do a podcast. Like it's, it's just. A mask or not. I don't know. It was topical. I'm gonna give Murph that one. I don't know if he came up with it, but. I feel like yeah, Murph stole that. Like Murph, when you pick off of googling. Yes, like, Murph 100 percent stole that. Yes, 1000 percent. And I know he's not gonna dial in tonight, so I can just say that he he 100 percent cherry picked it. I'd like to take a dive, maybe like in an off season podcast of like what our Mount Rushmore of. Names have been oh, I like I that. I like that. I still think, John, you at least have one of the Rushmore names of a uh, Ben There Raped That. <laughs> oh, ben There Raped That. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, so looking at the matchup, this one came down to Sunday night, and I don't think this was a Monday night game. This was all Sunday night. Um, it was that epic yeah, uh, Browns and Giants game. It was game. the Browns-Giants game, that's right. So at the end of the day, the great mass debaters in Murph finished with 114.92 points. The Crow is coming in Redmond finished at 112.82 points. So again, this is why this was the most prolific playoff matchup in fantasy football history because we saw so many league important league items come down to literal one to two points it has been incredible so looking at that matchup and the uh that late night game in the giants versus the browns it literally came down to a kicker came down to graham gano has to be has to be one of the a kicker kicking in a garbage time field goal a field goal to, lose to, to not win the game. A like field goal they, that <laughs> they kicked a field goal 
with like five minutes left in the first quarter, down 17 points. The, the field <laughs> goal that they... The move ever is like, ah, fuck it, we don't care. Gotta get on the board. Most likely looking at, I'm sure they have more more analytics people than I could ever imagine, but looking at the analytics, you would probably want to keep going to try and score a touchdown first before you kick the field goal and be like, all right, we're at least within some sort of range. But this was a field goal to get within two touchdowns with like four minutes left. What an, an incredible move. And that is what separated Murph and John from doing the last place punishment of the the lifestyle Instagram, which I'm honestly, selfishly, I'm glad that John has to do it because I don't think Murph would do it as well as, as Redmond would, and I think Redmond is going to go... I'm kind of hesitant to say either would, would really do. I think John would do it if... I mean, he just got a new job. He's busy. He's not as socially active as... Uh, you know, say we all were, like, when we were in college. Um, so I think of the two, I have a, I guess I would have a little more faith in John. Um, John following through on this, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Luckily, I... he has that new, brand-new job, so if he doesn't uh, fulfill the punishment, um, he'll be able to afford the, uh, you know, the... The punishment of the punishment. I think I think John is the one more likely to actually do it as as anticipated. So I know he was pushing back on this, but the punishment is lifestyle Instagram or social media of uh, of basically uh, what my understanding going into this was a month straight, thirty days of lifestyle Instagram posts. John was pushing back on that as he was falling into the the last place category. But posting shit to your Instagram, your Facebook, whichever whichever platform you please of lifestyle shit, of getting healthy, promoting bullshit, uh, shitty science stuff, like... Uh, Isn't it this punishment sound a lot funnier in August? I think, I think it sounded I'm... a lot funnier in August. Why you're you're yeah, not on board with this like, anymore? Thinking about it now, it's like I think if we were all like in our mid forties with beer guts and uh, stuff like that, it would be a lot funnier. But I would say we're we're all relatively in 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 shape. John's not. And we're not like. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of shaking heads here. Like shaking heads in the bad way. I, no, I, I I work at a brewery and most of my job is drinking beer. I am not in any way in shape unless that's round. My my understanding of this was that it was like posting like doing thirty crunches and being like, This is how I wake up in the morning and like hashtag blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. drinking a smoothie. Like, right. Yeah. Or like, hey, I'm going on a walk to stay active or I don't know. Right, yeah, like get that. that vitamin D every day. Like that's my idea of it. But that yeah. that, that was my idea too. It just sounds like John's going to be a kind of a wet blanket about the whole thing. I don't know. Now, is and there like also not I mean, I think I'm probably at this point one of the more active people on social media, although I'm trying to pull myself in and kind of get rid of it all. But, like, 
I don't think any one of us has like a ton of like fault. Like this punishment would have really, really sucked if I came in last place. Because I like have a lot of um, like former students or employees or whatever that follow me. So that would have been a nightmare. Um, but like as far as everyone else, it, it doesn't seem like we have a very, very like active group on Instagram or anything like that. I still John, think John, John, John like does have 500 show. plus connections on LinkedIn. We could just ask him to turn that into the lifestyle blog. I, I do think I do think there are enough people that will like know know John or know any of us that would be like this is fucking weird. This is pretty weird. <laughs> so that that's and what that's, I was hoping and, and that's for. That's what we want. We want somebody we want somebody to come through and like I want somebody to text John on the side of like dude are you okay? Like do you need money? I want I want somebody to have to reach out to. Him. Yeah, I I, I I and I I think that's where the disparity in the in the the actual punishment is and like it like we all have a different picture in our, of what the punishment is in our mind of like you need to be like an annoying lifestyle really Instagram person tim. i think i actually think you mondo or tim would have like crushed this punishment like really owned it definitely uh, so but i would really hope for you Dana guys said, to get in there. said christian and Tana, and tim would have been the best ones to to do this punishment i would have i yeah. would have Dove head first, like I, I, I just finished a juice yeah, cleanse like two weeks ago. That would have been fucking perfect content. Uh, but I, I still I think I would have at least done it one hundred percent. I just don't have the timing, or I'm really even that funny compared to the, the rest of the group. So it would have been, it would have just been some weird bald guy doing a lifestyle vlog. It wouldn't be that fun. Do you? Yeah. Do we, do I we... think like I think when you carry on a punishment for like longer than a one-time event it makes it like really difficult uh, and i don't know if that's something we'll i mean we'll see if john you know steps up to the plate here and if he does and knocks it out of the park then like i'm all for it but i do feel like more times than not it's it'd be like it's just gonna fade and not materialize into what we had envisioned it of so I almost want to say in the future we should like make it so almost like a one thing event, like the five k was supposed to be, or you know something like that. Well, John, that that ties into my next question, and and you've segued me twice perfectly now. Do we think that Redmond is going to try and bundle this into his first punishment because he's now a back to back last place loser, which isn't being talked about enough because coming in last place twice in a row. <laughs> Is we a, need a Sacco trophy. It we is need an, something just yeah, I agree. It is an atrocious. We do need a Hayden Ball trophy for it, sure. It's an atrocious. I can I can look into. Um, I gotta I gotta talk to my guy at work who we have a 3D printer. I gotta I'll see if he can like 3D print me like a little tiny Haven Hall and we can put that on like a little stand or something. Yes, but that, that place was the pits. I think I went to that place that, twice in my life. That place, I went there for uh, a dining hall. Our, my, our first uh, semester, our fall semester, our freshman year, there was a dining hall in like the bowl part of it. And I lived in Del Plain, so I would either have, and Ernie Davis wasn't open yet, so I'd either have to go to the Haven or Shaw. 
and like Shaw was always slammed. So I mean, Shaw was premier. Venture over to Haven. Do we think that John is going to try and parlay these two thing, these two last place punishments into the same the same punishment? I think he might I, try I to. I kind of hope he does. I kind of hope he he like maybe turns it into like a uh, training for a five k type thing and it builds up to the actual 5k um or as kyle said like he wants that to be his first post of live streaming but that you know very easily could be his last post when he when he actually hits the 5k i mean he's a runner anyway so it's like it's pretty natural for him to be able to get content training for a 5k i don't get how that's a first post like no one would take you seriously if you ran that a five can of crow costume. I totally like, agree. And like, I think if he if he like legitimately trained and had posts of him training, and then like you know seven weeks, seven days to the big day, and then you know there's a little bit of a countdown, and then the last post is him just like running through the streets of Newport in a crow costume, not <laughs> having alluded to it being like you know having to run a crow costume the whole time would be like gold. And that's, I think that's where the disparity comes in because I would expect as he's running to be like stream, streaming himself and being like running in a crow costume is the best way to, to really get the endorphins going. And that's not, that's not what's going to happen, and I know that. So that's why yeah, I want them I to be two separate things. Like I feel like the, this last place punishment is something that should happen sooner rather than later just so we get it out of the way. Yeah, I mean, I like I I proposed to him to do it Fourth of July weekend in Newport, uh, because we'll have a decent amount of us down there. It's gonna have a de- like a lot of people, and like those the listeners out there have never been to Newport. It's it's pretty ritzy, like it's it's you know it's very much you know vineyard vine or or type you know even nicer than that shit. And, Would uh, someone call the cops on him because he's potentially like disturbing the neighborhood ambiance, like level so, like, Um, there's like, I'm not gonna say someone's gonna call the cops, but like it would definitely raise some eyebrow. Like it's, it'd be the talk of the town. Like there, there would be nothing like that going on in Newport. And Newport's like Fourth of July weekend is that's like that's their Super Bowl. That's that's their money maker. Um, so that, that's the only reason I said maybe do that then. Um, another option would be, I mean, and Ma- is Mason, I don't know if Mason's still on the call, but I mean, I really would love to get a live draft going down in, uh, in Jacksonville at the brewery, bring, you know, me and Mike can fly down with the girls and we can send them with Emma Killian over to New Samara Beach and we can have ourselves an awesome draft at, at the brewery. So maybe if we were to do that, you know, John running in uh, in Jacksonville could be an option as well. I'm all for that. It's always good uh, for a very, very hot summer run. Um, and, and we can get my Frank to get us pizza at the end of the night. So that's like a, it's a double bonus. Yeah. I love Frank. As you said before in a quote, she's got some nice boobies. She does got some nice boobies, yes. So, yep. For the first time, it was, it was a cold, cold, cold October. No, sorry, Florida. When was that? February. It was a cold Florida February night when uh, Frank showed up with the pizzas, as 
the pe- as my friends uh, Brad, Chris Harvey, and Tim Killian can all attest. For the first time in this fantasy football podcast history, we're talking about things other than fantasy football, and we're talking about boobies. <laughs> I love titties. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You yeah, heard it here first. I'm well, we're heading. We're uh, we're losing Nick. Movie. We're losing Nick. We've got Mason and John still in line. I don't know how long we'll have both of them. We uh, Kyle did just say he would be joining in about thirty. So, I mean, this is going to well, be. You can, you can you can wish him luck for me, and uh, you know, fuck. I don't know. I'll be the bigger man. Good luck, Kyle. Do you I want to be the bigger man? Pause the recording and just add it to the final thing, or is it just gonna be one uncut thing? Mason, you think that I have this fancy equipment? No, this is all live, dude. I'm not un- I'm not cutting anything. I this is we're at 52 minutes and 45 seconds right now. I can't cut anything. So this, this is gonna be 30 minutes of you like walking around your apartment just telling you. Like, <laughs> no, I will. I will. I will fill this space with with fantasy football talk so the people know what's going on. I'm excited about that, actually. That'll be fun. I will. I will talk until the the day goes. I I I've already talked about the sponsor as being the the quiet man, uh, traditional Irish whiskey, and nothing about this is going to be quiet. I will be talking the entire time. I, I can start busting out other sponsors as well if we need to. Yeah, yeah. Bring them out. Bring them out. I mean, we've made a dollar fifty so far on Spotify. Let's let's bump that up to like four dollars. Should we go with a, another whiskey drink for yes. sponsor or a... Well, drink? actually, yes. Let's go with this one because that's one of my favorites. And I have I have personally experienced that one. And I can talk on uh, talk for them on how great it is. Uh, so we're just going a very simple Buffalo Trace. Thank you for our sponsor, Buffalo Trace. Um, is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It is 40%, 45% alcohol, 90 proof. And as always, please enjoy responsibly. So, guys, if you want to be a pussy like me and drink a 40% alcohol by volume with the quiet man, go with Buffalo Trace if you don't want to be a pussy and put some hair on your tre- on your chest and go for the Buffalo Trace. I may have just lost us a sponsor by getting us a sponsor. We can also upgrade one more time to 50% with the whistle pig. Mason, we're not made of money here. Also brought to you by Whistlepig, who makes you more of a man than the other two bourbons we talked about. This is an Irish whiskey. Whatever. All right. So, we've talked a little bit about... If... Basically. If you, if you, if you wanted to skip past the 20 minutes that we just had now we get back to fantasy football talking about the crow is coming in last place versus the great masturbator is coming in ninth place is it time for the crow is coming to change his name because it could be a bad omen likewise with with john's team I think it might be time. Um, I, I, I'm going to say yes. Yes, it's time. Two, two last place finishes. Um, 
The, the, the non, I mean, I like that he's not he's stubborn because I'm a stubborn guy as well. But in other circles, not changing your name is a sign of laziness, um, which having the double back-to-back last-place finishes kind of adds to that argument. Um, so I think a new name, new, new, new start would be, be good for John. I agree. I mean, it, uh, after back-to-back last place finishes, it's 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 disgusting. Uh, I, I agree as well. It's uh, you, you got to change something. Uh, there's the whole saying of like on your first day on the job, I forget which coach it was said he was going to pull up all the carpeting and replace it, so that at least when everyone showed up the next year, at least things would look different, even if nothing had legitimately changed. You gotta pull up the carpeting, change things up. Yeah. Alright guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you guys to some more important things, fantasy talk. I'm gonna take a break from fantasy for the next few months and uh, I'll, I'll be feverishly refreshing my fan having said that I'll be feverishly refreshing my uh, fantasy app to see if there's a stack correction. But um Anyway, I gotta go to bed and mold the young minds of America tomorrow. Thank you, John. Uh, I think we're gonna be watching Mythbusters all day. Uh, that's that's good for you. Good for you. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. So while we've lost all of our guests, we also bring in uh, the the lady behind Mason's success, <laughs> Frank. Hello. Uh. And Frank, while I thought had drafted Mason's team, um, somewhat still drafted Mason's team by not letting him draft Joe Burrow due to a (laughs) deep sexual fantasy about Joe Burrow himself. Is that true, Frank? Uh, Yeah, I had a dream that I uh, decided to break up with Mason for Joe Burrow. And then the next morning he said, but that would make sense. And I'm like, no, because he blew out his knee. That wouldn't do anything for me at this point. Well, what happened in the dream? Detail it for us. Do you remember? This was so long ago. I really, I don't remember. Uh, It was just something where somehow I had the capability of dating Joe Burrow and decided to break up with Megan. All I remember saying it was the happiest she's ever been in her life, (laughs) even though it was only a dream. I never remember my dream. She woke up and screamed is what you're saying. In pleasure and in disappointment. <laughs> it wasn't Joe Burrow next to her. And without the $25 million signing bonus he had in his pocket. So. That was really what I was in bed with, was the check, not him. Some would say. Some would say, uh, I mean, many people have, have dreamt about the picture of Joe Burrow smoking a cigar after the LSU championship. I mean, I do have a, uh, I do have a shirt that says um, 15 and 0. Spelled G E U X, whatever the whatever the 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 Cajun spelling is. Mm. I'm a, I'm a Burrow guy. I can probably I'll I'll probably be dreaming that at some point. He I just you know once he went to uh, what was it I can never remember I always get those two teams confused the Bengals yeah, the Bengals he just kind of went downhill it looks he had that weird creepy facial hair oh my. God, Frank. What, his baby face and that 
LSU photo with Cigar was just way more attractive. Wow. I mean, obviously, facial hair doesn't bother me. Joe Burrow is a listener of this podcast. I cannot believe you said that. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> and now she's trying to break up with Mason. This is this is wild. I get her pizza tonight, and all she does it's the is the plan. All the Christmas presents that I just wrapped are all empty boxes because I'm actually leaving. For for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Wild, wild. Well, good bedside nurse. I mean, he's he is going to need one in the next couple of months. Yes. Uh, well, we just hit the 60-minute mark, so let me let me dive into the last of the matchups because we haven't really talked about in depth about a lot of these matchups. Oh, this is so gross. We've what the hell was that? Uh, it's Frank dealing with the dog chewing up a cardboard tube from wrapping paper. Oh, nice, and nice, nice, nice. It to be very gross. It turns out. All right, so I will. I'll back up a little bit as we at near the end of this podcast because we have we had so many close matchups. So we talked a little bit about a lot about the the three rings in Kyle's team versus the Tyler Hero fan club. Fuck, I said his name. Tyler Hero fan club in John Jordan's team. John Jardout's team, uh, that win was 115.22 over 115.12 in one of the closest matchups I'm sure we'll have overall. We also saw Mason's team at 9-4 in the second seed beat Mike Rue's team in the sixth seed at a score of 130.56 over 129.32, so a 1.2 difference. We, we talked off the top about Nick Picard at 134.34, beating Jesse at 104.3. I'm sure that's a great radio station somewhere. We dove into the, the two folks that didn't join. We had John Redmond losing the loser bracket and the Haven Bowl, therefore doing the punishment, 114.92 to 112.82. Mason, that leaves one matchup we have not discussed. Is that the you and Tim matchup? That is the me and Tim matchup. Oh my goodness, how could we miss out on you guys, Tim? And this up commissioner duties. It is. It is that. That is something that should have been talked about more, and I didn't realize until right now. It is commissioner versus deputy commissioner, and. While it wasn't as close as the other matchups, this one was pretty fucking close. We had Zeke died for this and Tim at 6-7 and seven out of the 7th seed versus myself, Prince of Bel-Air, 4-9 out of the ninth seed. So I was able to get out of the, the, the Haven Bowl matchup with John uh, by beating Murph last week. Tim beat me 127.36 to 123.26, and I needed a big day out of Chase Claypool. He got a, a small day, but a bigger day out of uh, T. Higgins. So it really came down to that Monday night matchup. And realistically, all this came down to was my defensive play. I got negative one points from the, the Minnesota defense because I thought the Chicago offense wasn't going to do anything. Um, uh, it seems to be a big mistake on your part. Uh, I had the Vikings defense previously playing them as a matchup-based uh, play 
and I ended up dropping them, obviously, and picking up uh, the Cardinals just based off matchup things. And I don't know. It seems like this is just a proving ground of how Tim is the true commissioner of this group. And it's no slight to you, but it, it did kind of make a statement here that Tim is still king and you are still deputy commissioner. I didn't even think of this. Like, this is literally just a power move by Tim by by beating me. Uh I mean, I'm uh, going in. What's that? He put you in your place. He did. uh, He did. He said. He said you are second best, and he proved it this week. I I had great plays from from my flex and Jarvis. I had good plays from uh, from Josh Jacobs, Josh Allen. The Joshes came out good. It just wasn't enough to to get me over the hump over uh, over Tim to really prove myself as the last one out of the playoffs. And I think I could have. Our team, my team was good enough. Clyde did go down later on in the game, but there would have been some garbage time pickups for Edwards Alaire in there. Um, But I mean, I mean, even even Lev Lev Bell put together a fourteen point performance. Clyde put together an eight point eight. So I think Clyde would have gotten a a lot of those points had he not gone down. I think I. I would have won. I'd say that if if it wasn't for the fact that Le'Veon Bell got uh, picked up by the Chiefs this year, I think your team could have ended up being significantly better because those points essentially from Le'Veon Bell would have been to Clyde and whatever points Le'Veon would have gotten would have been from some other team and it wouldn't have just handicapped you. So and that's what that your team went downhill. That's fine. I get that. That's 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 fantasy football. And and this is all retrospective and and looking at this is now the end of my season. But I I am proud of the way that I drafted and proud of the team, even though we didn't perform, because I I I was high on Josh Jacobs going in and I was high on Josh Allen going in, and Josh Jacobs was injured for the majority not majority but he he had a number of lingering injuries so. Uh, what can I do about that? What's that? He only missed one game. He only missed one game, but he did have lingering injuries throughout the entire year where, like, I think it was week two or three, he tweaked something, had a couple of off weeks, came out strong against the the Chiefs again, and then uh, I think it was, I'm looking at the stats now, week 12, he went down again with a tweak, had the Jets, missed that game. Indianapolis, he came back, still wasn't himself, and then had the Chargers last week in which he actually was himself. So stuff like that was happening. I was very high on a number of uh, a number of rookie, rookie wide receivers. Um, I was able to draft well with Justin Jefferson and, uh, and Jerry Judy, who, who plugged in well. So overall, I'm not too pissed off about the year. It didn't turn out well for me, but it would have been nice to be that that like seventh place final overall team. I ended up slotting in exactly where the ESPN projections had me at the eight seed, and that's where I landed. Um. So I mean, it's it's all on to next year. It's all on to next year. Start the scouting process now. Looking ahead. Figuring out what I got to change. 
And, you know, I just got to hope that, you know, I can unseat not Tim in his commissioner role, but I can unseat Tim in his fantasy football role and beat him next year. That's all I can help for, hope for. Uh, so I guess looking back, that's everything we had for this week. We talked about the ridiculously close matchup of Jarden versus Kyle, the close matchup of Mason versus Rue, the close matchup of uh, Redmond versus Murph. Redmond is the big loser in this sense, finishing at 3-10, and 10, coming in last place, doing the punishment, we will have another episode next week following the championship game with Kyle and Mason. Mason has already guaranteed a victory. We're not having Kyle on unless he can dial in within the next five minutes or so. We won't have Kyle. However, Mason has guaranteed that victory. Do you have anything else to say, Mason, before you go? Uh, no, I think I've said everything I need to. Uh, my team's out for blood, and we want Kyle, and we want to put Kyle's head on a, on a stake. That's, uh, that's about all there is to it. This is bad radio, but I'm texting Kyle now to see if he can dial in now ahead of time. Get that piece of shit on here. Oh, my God. We were a family-friendly podcast up until today. We're sponsored by Three Bourbon, uh, Irish Whiskey, and Nick's Incidental Racism. I don't think we're a family-friendly podcast. Nick's Incidental—that was that was a one-time that was a one-time sponsor that will never be allowed again. Did you get any response from the upcoming loser? Not yet. Not yet. Folks, this might be the longest podcast we've had yet. And if you, if you made it through the conversation that we have had early on, I commend you. And I, if you have made it through this far, the, the fantasy fo- football group is not included. I will Venmo you $5. If you have made it through this far, I will send you $5. You can send me... Send Tim a text if you made it through this far, and he'll tell you to, to send me your Venmo handle, and I will I will pay you five dollars if you made it this far. Non fantasy football group people included. Or Brendan, or to, including Brendan. Including Murph, yeah, Murph does not get a five dollar discount here. No, no, Brendan would get five dollars if he actually did listen to this thing. I'd be impressed. No, I'll give no. I don't want to say this because somebody's gonna. If somebody texts Murph and tells him this, he will not get this money. I will send Murph ten dollars if he if he actually listens this far into the podcast. Twenty dollars, twenty dollars, Murph. I will send you twenty dollars if you actually make it this far, because I don't believe you actually participate in this amount of of, of commitment that the rest of us do. Do you think that's but fair? I think I think it's quite the deal you have going on right now. It's uh, like just wait until we get to the end of this podcast and it bumps up even more. Uh, it probably will. If if <laughs> Kyle dials in, it probably will. If if, if 
Brendan texts us tomorrow and says, hey, I'm expecting my $20. And we're like, well, bullshit. You didn't listen to the whole thing. No, no, no. The deal is off if anybody texts him about the deal. Deal is off. If you're texting Murph right now, the deal is off. I'm not. I I don't text Murph outside the group. Oh, shit. And now we've got some drama outside the group that Murph does not talk to Mason. I have nothing to talk about. Coaching rowing in the middle of Ohio, dating Hannah Blauner. I, I I don't know what what else to say. I guess that's that that can be the remainder of the uh, the podcast. <laughs> Is Merce dating scene in the middle of Ohio? He's still dating her, right? I feel like we shouldn't talk about this on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. I, I apologize. We have we have international listeners. Probably shouldn't talk about people's personal lives, right? Yeah. Because how is this going to hold up three years from now? Right, right. Well, I mean, I'm not dating anybody now. I'm happy to open up about my personal life. Certain things. Okay. Certain things. Certain things. Uh, However, my dad did tell his neighbor that I was dating a bartender downtown. And I, I ran into him when I was riding my bike the other day. And he was like, this is this is a shitty Southern accent. He was like, hey, I heard you were dating a, a bartender downtown. And I was like, what? And he goes, your dad told me you were dating a bartender downtown. And I was like, no, I got a big crush on a bartender downtown, but I'm not dating anybody. And he goes... Uh, well, maybe you mis- misspoke, but I hope it all works out for you. <laughs> and I was like, dog, me too, man. Me too. <laughs> missing out, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <sighs> well, Mason, I will pause for the time being. Okay. I'll keep this rolling. Again, folks. This is a janky-ass system. I'm not Tim Killian. I'm just the deputy commissioner. I'm going to pause this, wait for Kyle to dial in, and we'll be back in, like, I don't know, 30 seconds. I'll do a fake ad read. Why not? This podcast is brought to you by uh, Whole Foods 365 Everyday Value Almonds. They're delicious. They're raw, and they're nutritious. Looking at the uh, the nutrition facts and the ingredients, ingredients are almonds, steam pasteurized. It's only 160 calories per serving, which is a quarter of a cup. Delicious, nutritious, and while fat has kind of made its way out of the market as being the big killer and obesity item, the total fat on this is only 18% of your daily value 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 in uh in a single serving so they're delicious they're nutritious you can get your fiber potassium or uh, uh, protein zero four pota- percent uh, of your potassium and six six grams of uh of protein so this is uh exactly what you want it's grown in california no salt added this is what you want Um, 
Uh, I did look up earlier the Instagram followers for everyone in our group. Yep, hit me. Um, can you place a guess on who is the number one? Oh, Mason, this should have come out much earlier. Who is the number one Instagram person? I put it in the chat earlier while we were talking about this during the like the punishment stuff. Okay. So who is the most? Yeah. Who has the most Instagram followers? Uh, I don't know how to find the chat here. Don't worry about that then. You're guessing. You're not supposed to read it at this point. Um, I will guess. I think it's going to be Redmond. Close. Uh, it was actually John Jarden who was the one complaining originally about how he has all those followers. And from like previous high school uh, students and everything. Um... And that he didn't want to do it because he'd be embarrassed by all those people who follow him. He has a total of 475 followers. Uh, the second highest number of followers is actually a tie between myself and John Redmond with 411 each. Wow. So once again, just the, the trend of very close matchups. Um, an exact tie for second place number of followers. Christian, you are actually way down the list. I I would expect to be that far down because I only Instagram quiche-related items. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually have a total of 94 followers at this point, which I feel like is still too low. I have 94 followers? You do. You do have 94 followers. Why? Because people are into the quiche. Some, some of the ladies love quiche. I feel like that's, that's a fact. People have said that I'm the premier quiche reviewer on the East Coast. At, at least East of the Mason. Mississippi. And south of the Mason-Dixon line. I, I, I disagree. I think it's east. Just just go up that eastern seaboard. I mean, draw the line at, like, at like Illinois. I mean, we'll have to tip for another podcast for where I rank my other previous uh, best quiche reviewers. But... It's it, it you're, you're up there. You're, you're not there yet, though. I disagree. Uh, I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tim has a surprisingly low number. I was expecting him to have much more. He has 297 followers. Uh, Mike Rue with 161. And then Kyle, Murph, Nick, I don't believe any of them have an Instagram. And Jesse, I couldn't find, so I'm assuming he doesn't have one, or I'm just not a good friend, and I don't follow him or know him. I don't think um, Jesse has a, 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 a Snapchat either, because I wanted to find him on the Snapchat group, and I couldn't find him. He He's off the grid, it seems. He just plays hockey and does engineering stuff, so. Well, I hope you're listening to this again, because, or this far in, Jesse, because we want you in these types of things. Mm. Yeah. So that that was my research during this podcast earlier. But. Well, I I appreciate that. So so who has the most followers? Uh, John Jordan does with four hundred and seventy five. Uh, it's a big drop off after John Jordan and myself and Redmond from four eleven to down to two ninety seven. I feel like we should have more than that. Just across the board. It turns out we're not hot enough, or. Uh, slutty enough on our Instagrams to do anything. Maybe I should take my shirt off more. Mm-hmm. We need more shirtless quiche. 
Mm. Probably more pictures of like John uh, Redmond in his like penthouse in New York, I'm assuming, because that's not with his new job. Yeah. Like hopping into Rolls Royces and stuff from meetings, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then having uh, Kyle like get him coffees and stuff. Because he's his, he's his boss now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly why I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're following. That. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, folks, this is the least exciting ending of a podcast, but I'm gonna keep talking fantasy football until Kyle joins. So stay on as long as you want. But Mason, you are released if you want to go do more important things like wrap wrap gifts or anything. Uh, I'll mute myself and I'll chime in whenever you would like a opinion or something. Otherwise, you're welcome just to ramble on if you'd like to. Perfect. And there are cats like going crazy outside, so I hope you all hear that too because they're just going to town outside. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me know if you have any topics you'd like to discuss. I will be listening in the background. Uh, you know, this thing's still rolling. You know it. Oh, all right. Which matchup shall we dis- discuss? Uh, we could always discuss Kyle's inability to accept his team's good. Actually, no. Let's discuss this upcoming matchup. Between Kyle and Mason. The, the one I'm guaranteeing a win in? That's the one you're guaranteeing a win in. So yeah. I'm going to pull up this matchup, and I will talk through my thoughts on on each individual uh, individual matchup. And I'm going to get a uh, an ad here because ESPN is so annoying and makes me watch an ad about the stupid cap, Captain Obvious thing. No free ads, folks. No free ads. These are not advertisements based on this this podcast. Okay, it's done. So, looking ahead to this week, we have Mason versus Kyle in the championship matchup. We have the face of football team versus three rings, Mason at 9-4, Kyle at 9-4. Let's dissect. Mason's pr- win prob- or, uh, Kyle's win probability is at 51%. So we are looking at a very even matchup. We've got win projections at Kyle, 131.2. Mason, 127.0. This is all assuming that things remain equal. Did you hear the cats? I did hear them that time. You heard them? Dude, they're going nuts out there. Some solid cat sex going on. That was the loudest meow I've ever heard. All right. Um, well, let's go matchup by matchup here. We've got quarterbacks. <laughs> Dude, yeah. the meow is still going. Do you still hear it? I do still hear it, yeah. Uh, so we have we have number three quarterback uh, in the league, uh, Patrick Mahomes, against... The number four quarterback of Aaron Rodgers. A cat may have just died. Did one of the cats just win the fight? I don't know, dude. Uh, and now Christian is walking away from his computer to check on the cats. Um, 
once again, this is just great radio. Uh, well, we'll just get back to the matchup. I, I turned them away. All right, so okay. we've got we've got Mahomes versus Rogers at the quarterback matchup. Mahomes is going up against Atlanta. Rogers up against Tennessee. Both defenses not that great, but the Atlanta defense is playing better than than the Tennessee defenses recently. Um, sure. You think so? No, come on, Atlanta's terrible. Atlanta's terrible, but they do have a defensive-minded coach who has kind of re revamped that team enough to. And this seems like a perfect game for Patrick Mahomes to walk in there and put up 50 on him. And just to remind them, like, oh, shit, you're right. No, we actually aren't very good. So you're picking Mahomes in this matchup? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Look at, the, look at the average. He averages two points more a game. And you think that he's Aaron Rodgers coming off of an off-ish game is not going to perform that well against Tennessee. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to tear that Tennessee defense apart. Aaron Rodgers, they don't have all that much to play for at this point. I think they do. All right. They they still have to get that one seat. So you're taking Mahomes over Rodgers against, Mahomes against the Atlanta D over Rodgers against the Tennessee D. Absolutely. Not a question in my mind about that one. Okay, fair enough. Who would you take? I'm taking Rodgers. All right. Looking at the running back standpoint, in the RB1 spot, we have Aaron Jones, again against the Tennessee defense, against Christian McCaffrey, who is still questionable, against the Washington defense. Mason? You You have a very, very strong interest in... All of these matchups. Uh, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. If he plays, he's going to get two touchdowns and like 95 yards rushing and 60 yards receiving. Well, you uh, mentioned if he plays. Yeah. Will uh, you? Big F. Will you play? Um. Will you pay? Will you play? Mike Davis. Mike Davis in McCaffrey's spot if he does not play. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. Even uh, against that that strong Washington front front four. Absolutely. He, I mean, he's first off, he's my best option. I don't really have another running back on my team. I mean, Daryl Henderson, but for some reason he's projected high this week, but I don't know why. Do you think uh, Do you think Aaron Jones will outperform McCaffrey or Davis? Uh. Davis, yes. McCaffrey, no. You don't think McCaffrey will outperform him? No, I'm saying I don't think he... I think he would outperform Davis. I do not think he would outperform McCaffrey. Wow. I guarantee to win. I, what do you expect me to say? That all my players are going to lose? No. His team is garbage. Hey, you guaranteed the win. You guaranteed the win, and now that we're analyzing your team, this, that's on you. I'm just proving the point of why my team is going to win. Nick Chubb versus Dalvin Cook. Chubb's playing the Jets, coming off a win. Dalvin Cook going against New Orleans, who needs a win. New Orleans, great defense. 
Jets. Terrible defense, and at this point, they probably don't want to win again because then they're going to fuck themselves over even more. I, I could talk myself into Nick Chubb being the better option here. I could as well. I think that might be that might be your saving grace is Nick Chubb dominating the Jets. All right, so I'm three for three then at this point. No, you're not. In my mind, you are down two to one. Hmm. Weird. I, I don't see the math, but okay, continue. Keenan Allen going against the Denver Broncos against Devontae Adams going up against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I lose that one. Yeah, I'll admit that one. I, I Even after Devontae's terrible matchup or terrible game this past week? Yeah, it's going to just fuel him to get like nine touchdowns this weekend. You don't think that Keenan Allen's going to go off against the, the Broncos? I think he's still probably uh, nursing a little bit of some injuries, and that's about it. So he already fucked me over this week a little bit, so he's kind of on thin ice. Oh, he's on thin ice. Help. I just from an emotional standpoint, I, I've been honest with my players all year. I, I don't trade them or put them on the trade block like Kyle does every week, just threatening to get rid of them. But I am honest with how their performances are and how they need to improve. So You were talking a lot of shit and feeling very confident going into this matchup, and that is questionable, Mason. Questionable at best. Well, this confidence is brought to you by Bourbon Trace, uh, Buffalo Trace. Nice. They, Great bourbon, um, 45% alcohol by volume, and please drink responsibly. How does it taste? It's nice. It's a nice weeded bourbon, so it's a little bit softer on the palate. Uh, notes of caramel and toffee, and it's a very, very solid, nice, easy drink of bourbon. I see you have it over uh, on on the rocks. Does that does that really bring out the flavor and the texture? Uh, so... Adding a little bit of water definitely helps to bring out some of the characteristics of the bourbon. A drop or two, yeah. Um, I like to drink most of my stuff on the rocks just because it's not cold here mm. normally. Mm. So it's just kind of tough to like really get into the mood of drinking something just neat. Like right now, it's in like the fifties or sixties right now, so it's not really cold. Cold. It is. It is a little chilly down south. It's it's chilly for us, but. That's why I've been drinking a lot more dark, darker beers and some more bourbon and stuff. But you know, it's a seasonal thing. Seasonal, yep. And speaking of seasons, we're going to the Northeast okay. for the next matchup between the Buffalo Bills. Don't laugh at my segue. That was phenomenal. It was fantastic. Thank yeah, you. We're going to the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Stephon Diggs is listed as questionable. Going into Foxborough, he's on your side. We've got Terry McLaurin on um, Kyle's side going against the Panthers. Uh, who's going to be the quarterback for the Washington football team? Because I don't know if they have one right now. I, I think it's got to be Haskins. Because, uh, I mean, who... just got in trouble for going to a strip club. What, right. What... I mean, who, who else are they going to play? They don't have anybody. Kyle Allen and uh, Alex Smith are both out? Both dead. Both dead. Dead. Uh, there's got to be another option because I, I feel like they don't have – obviously, they, I don't think they can play 
Josh Rosen is gone. Josh Josh Rosen was just signed off the Bills practice squad to go to San Francisco. I know that, and he okay. he can't go play for the the Skins. I think I think they have to stick to Haskins. I feel like they're gonna pick up some like PJ Walker type person. Obviously I, not PJ Walker because that's not either. He's on. No, uh, I think they're I think their hands are tied at this point. God, I hope they just don't have a quarterback. I hope they do a, a Denver thing where they don't have anybody. I I think I mean this has to go to you. Like Stephon Diggs, even if he's questionable, if he plays. Mm-hmm. It has to go to to Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and Stephon Gilmore, I mean, he's probably, I think Kyle mentioned earlier, I don't think he's playing. I mean, probably not. So I think I think Diggs has to be the move here. So Diggs, Diggs is far and away the better wide receiver there. Even even if he is questionable now, it's early in the week, he'll probably be fine. They said it was minor, so the, yeah. then it was a blowout win, so they pulled him out because he already had 148 yards and it was time to give him a little bit of rest and let Cole Beasley work. Yeah. Looking at the tight ends, we've got Waller versus versus Hawkinson, which mm-hmm. honestly I think is a little bit of a closer matchup than would seem on paper. Uh, Waller's going up against the Miami Dolphins. Hawkinson's going up against the Tampa Bay defense. Hawkinson had a shit performance last week. I still want to lean Waller, but I feel like Hawkinson's going to do enough to maybe mitigate the the differences. Who else is Vegas going to throw it to? Henry Ruggs? No, no, I don't think so. I, I think they're just going to keep it up. Hunter Renfro? They no, have I, options. I, I, they're they making up people's names. Plenty of options. So you're, are you saying that I win in a close one for that one? Uh, yeah, I th- I think that's going to be closer than I anticipated. Yeah. All right, the flex. Are, are you planning? Are you planning on keeping Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley in your flex? I'm not 100 percent confident, but maybe, quite possibly. I feel like you should. I appreciate that. I appreciate the input. I got you. Um. So that's definitely looking like my move right now, and I'm just hoping that Kyle panics and puts someone else in as his flex because it would just be funny. No, I think that Kyle's going to keep Jonathan Taylor in there. Even though Pittsburgh's going to be out for blood, I think he's going to keep Johnny Taylor in there. And did, did Cam Akers get injured? I didn't think so. Because I thought, I thought Kyle had Cam Akers. He may have dropped him. Why would he drop him? All right, continue. Looking at the defenses, we have the Cardinals against San Francisco versus the Rams against Seattle. Seattle had a bit of a comeback game against the Redskins, trying to contain their lead in the NFC West. We have the Cardinals fighting for a playoff spot against the lowly 49ers. I feel like you're in a good spot here, Mason. Uh, I agree. I mean, you got Russ just trying to cook in the other side. I don't, I don't get why you wouldn't vote for uh, the Cardinals over the 49ers. 
and especially with the Rams coming off their their Jets loss, they're probably out here to prove something. So they're probably just going to go after Russ like no other. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, I think that's. I think they have a good defense, but I mean, still, I, I can't think they can shut Russ down enough that it's going to make too much of a difference. So you're taking the Rams defense over your own defense? No, 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 no. I'm taking the Cardinals defense. I'm still saying that Russ is going to cook some. But you think the Cardinals are going to contain uh, um, whatever Nick Mullins and uh, and C.J. Beathard, whoever they go with, mm-hmm. more than the yeah. Rams? Okay, that's fair. Or, or Josh Rosen, because they have him now, too. Apparently I have him, yes. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. So... Ending up this matchup, looking at the kickers, we have Young Ho, who is a pro bowler and has been special player of the team, or special player, special player of the week, special teams player of the week, a number of times this year, against Tyler Bass going up against New England. Young Ho Koo is going up against the uh, the Chiefs, and Tyler Bass is going up against New England. I'm sort of leaning towards Bass in that matchup. I think this is the one that I disagree with you on because I would definitely go with the Young Ho. Um, I also hate the fact that I have my kicker on Sunday on Monday Night Football. That is tough. It's going to be the same thing as last week where I have three players on Monday Night and I have to hope, well, the opposite is past week. Three players on Monday Night hoping that they can bridge the gap that I am obviously going to be behind to start the game. And it's going to be stressful and I hate it. So you're thinking you're going to be behind at the start of the game due to, oh, due to the fact that it's a Monday game. Yeah, it's a Monday night game. So I have Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Tyler Bass all playing on Monday night. If I'm ahead at that point, uh, who cares? That's a lot on Monday. Yeah, that's tough. I'll, I'll, I'll bench all three of those players. I don't care. That's tough. That's a lot. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot on Monday night game, and it's going to make me stressed out and terrified again. Well, you've already guaranteed a victory, so what does it matter? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. That's going to be obviously a win, so it doesn't matter. So while projections-wise, you were projected to lose by just under, under five, you are still guaranteeing a victory against the number one seed. You are the two seed, so this should be a reasonable matchup. The big question for Mason and your team is if McCaffrey is going to play. Stephon Diggs should play, but he's questionable. Mace, or, uh, Tim or Kyle has no questionable players in his starting lineup. So this could come down to late week injury information. But Mason has already guaranteed his victory early on tonight. So Mason... I wish you the best of luck. I wish you the best of night. I wish you the best of Christmas. I will talk to you before Christmas, but I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Got some good gambling to do this coming up week or two. We so. don't talk we don't talk about that. We don't have gambling to do. Bingo. Um but no, thank you for having me on again. Uh, this is going to be a terrible podcast. And uh, Murph, if you're still listening at this point, I'll throw in $20 too. So that makes it $40. If you, if you made it to this far, Murph, 
It's forty dollars. Murph's about to be the richest man in Ohio. So <laughs> get get Hannah Blount or something nice for Christmas. I hope she listens to this too. <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for joining Mason. Yep. I will talk with you later. Alright, have a good one. Bye. So that ends our guests for the evening. Uh, again, the longest podcast we probably ever had. Um, and looking at the past week, so many big things to happen. So many things have happened. So many things are going to happen. But um, we are so, so thankful for fantasy football. Aside from Jar- Jar- John Jarden, the rest of us like it. Um, but I hope the rest of you have a great, great holiday season. You might not hear from me next week. You'll hear from Tim next week. And, uh, I'll talk with all of you later on next year.